0: Hey guys, welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. It is a crossover episode today between myself, your host Jake Burns, and Brad Ward from All Eyes on Cleveland. Wanted to just talk to you real quick about what we got going on over at the OBR's website. We have some great stuff going in the next few days. We have our latest GM situation where we talk about the GM chair with Jack Duffin. Really enjoyed that one. Make sure you check that one out. And then also Martin Emerson film room goes up tomorrow. So keep your eyes out for that. If you want to learn a little bit more about the Browns next corner that they drafted obviously in the second round. So sorry, third round of this past draft out of Mississippi state. So keep out for that. We have a weekend full of exciting shows coming as well, where we have John Colosimo on Friday, and then we have uh, prospect review. Uh, you know, the, the local prospect series I do that will cover Jerome Ford and all of the Oklahoma products. So Keep your eye out for that episode over the weekend. So let's get to today's episode with Brad Ward right now. Welcome to another
1: special edition of the All Eyes on Cleveland crossover with the OBR Film Breakdown edition of the show. Uh, The great Jake Burns, host of the OBR Film Breakdown, is here with me. I'm Brad Ward, host of All Eyes on Cleveland. Jake, what's up, man?
0: What's happening, Brad? Let's have a uh, <laughs> let's have some more discussions about the Brown stuff that has nothing changed, but nice. we still find a way to talk about it. Because the listeners are sick, we're sick, and we're just obsessed with talking about this football team. So you know what? We're going to show up, we're going to chat about this football team once more for you, and we're going to go through some topics, and hopefully you let us know whether you agree or disagree that we're idiots yeah. or not, because that's what we're here for. Tell us whether we're idiots or not, because we don't know, yeah. we can't figure it out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, hey, people on Twitter tell me I am an idiot all the time.
0: Right? All the time. So, me too. I am with you. We're living it. I am okay it. I'm
1: straight, oh. you know, it's part of putting yourself out there. I, I just kind of chalk it up to that and keep it moving. So
0: that's right. I like it.
1: All right, let's let's dig in. I got a couple things here. All right, let's talk. I don't want to talk Baker Mayfield all night, but there are some things right. The Jake Trotter ESPN article came out last Thursday, digging in deep to Baker's really side of things. Right. Um, he threw out some pretty dark allegations, I guess, in the article, alluding that Bakers can't really strongly, that they just threw him out there in week 17 to make him look bad in prime time, which I thought was a pretty kind of a, a, a low blow. I don't think that's necessarily true, but what I listened to, Jake, is I listened for about three straight days starting last Friday, and it started out with Florio and Peter King on PFT uh, podcast, and they basically bashed the Browns up and down. Florio more so on Friday after that article about their handling of Baker Mayfield, um, and then this week for two days, him and Sims, ba- Florio and Sims bashed uh, the Browns. Florio came on uh, Cleveland radio Monday morning, I believe, and said some more things like that. Brought up this idea, and he used Chris Ballard's quote. Uh, it's no Chris Ballard used with florio used um tomlin's quote we want volunteers not hostages right and florio's using this quote that chris ballard said that the nfl is changing and you need to treat players like people not possessions and kind of threw out the idea jake that the browns were treating baker mayfield like a possession at this point i find this narrative absurd ridiculous and totally out of control. Why, like, like, where are you going with this? I mean, this that's just crazy. If you don't think, I mean, you can say the Browns have made their bed. Sure. When it comes to Deshaun Washington's suspension and anything that comes their way down the line. But Baker Mayfield surely has made his bed in some ways as well,
0: uh, Jake. And that's how I feel about the situation. Thoughts on that? He's certainly not holding them hostage. I mean, they, they have okay. an asset that they have to get something for. The Browns tried to get something for the asset that is Odell. And nobody was taking it. Now the, the difference here is there is no time, their their back's not against the wall like they were with the trade deadline. So exactly they, they couldn't uh like two things. The two things are true there. First is that their backs run against the line from a trade deadline perspective, try to get something for them. And the second is that it's like, what matters are the most in your life is what's in your face right now. Always is. You can worry about things in the future, but what matters most is what's in your lap. What am I doing in the next five, 10, 15, 20 minutes? And how do I need to to navigate that well the odell situation situation was in their lap they were they were forced to see each other every day it had reached a, a boiling point now if everybody was showing up to the building every day right now and baker was coming in with deshaun watson and all of that yeah it would be different they would probably try to make an action quick but right now everybody's gone they have some things coming up but for the most part like they don't have to see each other until they were forced to see each other at training camp so or you know whatever mandatory stuff that could come along the line before that. So there's no pressing matter right now. There's no trade deadline. There's no everybody in Berea. This is very simple. And sometimes these guys who do a ton of radio shows and get a ton of respect, and, hey, I'm with it. They're legends in the industry. They just miss some obvious things. Like, it's not hard to figure out why the Browns are in no rush to trade Baker Mayfield. It's just not. not, not, And it's it's not not. hard to figure out why they were in a rush to trade Odell. It's – we just – answered it in uh, 60 seconds so like I th- there's just a bunch of made-up drivel here that goes on just to try to create talking points so unfortunately we're left to talk about how idiotic some people are that should be much smarter in their conversation points but it is what it is man in this industry where you have to like kind of say what are you what are you talking about right like what are you yes. what are you talking about so yeah anyway yeah that's that's kind of where it's at it's really not hard to figure out and the browns are gonna wait this thing out and and to the point of like getting bashed in the media the second these guys are sitting around making a serious decision in Berea Brad they're all sitting at a desk they're all sitting on a conference call whatever it is however they all got together and they had to answer this question do we want to go after Deshaun Watson because if we do it is going to be a public firestorm and if we're willing to do that we have to accept the fact that we do not care what people say about us if we care, we can't do this. If we're going to fire back comments, we can't do this. They made that decision that they don't care what the, the public's opinion of them is with regard to Watson and now the other spinoffs that come of that, which is this Baker Mayfield discourse mm-hmm. among several other things, where they just have got they they don't give a crap. They don't care. They're going to do the thing that they think is best to do and what your opinion is and what the national uh, you know, public opinion is, they don't really care. So you just should get comfortable with understanding that's how they're operating right now. Maybe the optics continue to improve over time, but for now, they don't care, man. You can go on a podcast and bash them for three days. You can put a little hot take tweet and and get some likes and retweets. They don't care, man. What they care about, Brad, is September through January – potentially February winning football games. That's what you have to understand.
1: Totally agree. Totally agree. And, and even further beyond that, and I'll kind of make this, see what you have to say that Florio went in on Paul D Podesta out of nowhere. Like, they're the only team that has a chief strategy officer. What does he really do for that organization? You know, mocking him, kind of like, what does he even do? You know, all this yeah. stuff. We very much know what Paul D. Podesta does and that he's an incredibly smart guy. But he came he came across with that attack. And when he was saying that, I'm thinking, you're, you're coming after Paul D. Podesta saying – you know, what does he do? And that just kind of shows a lack of knowledge there in, in the, on the organization in general by saying that. But also, it's bad business to not try to get this number down off Baker or give him up for completely nothing. It's just bad business. So what Paul D. Podesta does, Mike Florio, is make sure that they're not making a bad business decision here by rushing Baker Mayfield out the door because of optics and not business.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's how it is, man. That's how it is. They they have made their path here. They have laid out what they're going to do. They know what the optics are. They know what the public is going to say, and they're just going to do it. What they care about is, is winning football games, and if you watch the latest Building the Browns, they think they're going to score a ton of points and win a ton of football games. So yeah. that's just what they're worried about. That's the bottom line, and we'll see if ultimately that ends up getting people fired someday. It could. But for now, that's the all in vision that all of those folks in Berea have. And I think it goes all the way up and all the way down.
1: All right. Peter King, uh, Jake. This is all eyes on Cleveland. OBR film breakdown crossover, like we always do on Brad Ward. That's Jake Burns. Um, Peter King went in on Friday and had some. He kind of had the Browns back a little bit in this conversation, but he brought up some interesting points. He said, well, the Browns aren't. Gonna let him go right now, and I don't. And he kind of made the point that I don't think Baker Mayfield should want the Browns to let him go right now because, at this point, post draft, where is he gonna go start? And people on Twitter kind of came after me like, "Well, this team, that team, that team. Don't get you're misunderstanding what I'm saying. I'm not saying that he's not better than some of the starters. I'm saying where haven't they already dedicated or invested in a starter and don't have that guy penciled in as their starter?" Not many places I can think of. Maybe Seattle, but they don't seem to be interested. Um, And so with that in mind, would Baker be kicking himself if he did get a release, went somewhere, didn't start, and then somebody does get hurt a month later, he's going to be kicking himself that he didn't wait it out and, and, and get traded to the obvious place where he'd be a one and for sure play 12 plus games in a year where he might be a two someplace else. Does that make some sense?
0: Yeah, it does. I mean, it's all a matter of uh, it's just just timing here, right? Yes. Like the Browns are hoping that their timing works out, that they are able to, as nasty as it is, try to maximize an injury or a situation where a team gets desperate while on the other end of the spectrum, you know, there's there's Baker Mayfield who – Sometimes it's like, does it pay off to be patient? Does he need to be aggressive? It's hard to predict that. I could see where it could go that way, where he gets aggressive, tries to get out of that contract one way or the other. And when he does that, that means he ends up signing somewhere where he doesn't have as great a chance as if he, like you said, like, I don't know, maybe the Raiders lose Derek Carr. I don't know offhand, but there's, there's definitely an angle for which patience can work out for everybody here. But Sometimes folks don't want to see that and they want to go after Cleveland or, and not that Cleveland is like, man, we need to be patient for Baker. That's not, they're not really doing the benevolence thing here, but nonetheless, it could still work out for Baker. Right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And let me ask you this along the same lines. They both kind of brought up this thought. Does Baker get so desperate that in your opinion, it might be too fractured Jake, but Does he get so desperate to get out of this that he'd be willing to give some money back and do what Odell did to get out?
0: Well, maybe, but he has not made that big contract in the NFL. And Typically, buyouts in the NFL are different. You don't see them the way you do in the NBA when veterans get older. They've made their money, and they don't mind getting out of a bad situation for a good one. It's just not common. I guess I could, but I can't see Mayfield— giving much back maybe like 3 million i i don't know i don't know i I just i agree the odds feel like to me that for a guy trying to collect as much money from the nfl because you never really know what your future is he's living proof right now if you never know what your future is i mean think about where we were 365 days ago here right like you just never know where it's going so collecting every penny you've been uh, guaranteed is pretty paramount even a, a family that's as well off as the mayfields are you still I just, I really think he would try to gather all the money, and I don't blame him. I don't, I don't blame him. You should try to gather all the money you think you, yeah. you know, not not what you think, what you've been, what you've been promised. So I, I just have a hard time seeing that come to fruition, unless he got really desperate and a place uh, with a quarterback situation opened up, and he wanted to get out of Cleveland so badly to get that opportunity. But as we sit here, it's not the thing yeah. that's possible. So we'll see if there was a mutual interest there, maybe. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Okay,
1: let's pivot. Some other stuff we want to hit on here tonight, uh, Jake. Let's talk about this roster in some uh, depth here. And this is something, you know, need versus want. What do the Browns actually need and what do they just want? Uh, or what do you think is a need in, in, or a want and the difference between the two? Um,
0: you want to start here? Yeah, we'll just kind of go with things I think that they – that they want. I think like things, I guess not they, but we want, I think we want another. Okay. This is kind of harder than we think it is. There's, there's, Hmm. I think we want a corner, a nickel corner, a guy with a little bit more experience. Maybe they, I, I feel like they're confident in the fact that they have guys in house. They would not have made the Troy Hill trade unless they were confident. Right. But like, they they haven't done that. But I feel like we want them to sign another guy with that niche in mind. I also a think we want. Oh, go nickel. ahead. Yeah, go a ahead. True. Nickel. I didn't mean to interrupt you.
1: Yes. Okay. No. So, yeah. True. Nickel. I interrupted you. Apologize. Go ahead.
0: It's OK. I think we would want them potentially want them to go sign more of a single high center fielder safety. I think sure. that that is a, a certain thing. You could look at the safety room and see that they're lacking that type of guy, I think you can get by with the group they have doing that. Uh, we've seen them do some things, and John Johnson got better as the year went on and all that stuff, and we know what Richard LeCount can be, but we would maybe want that type of player. I think there's some people who entertained it, myself included, with some free agents that were out there. Um, so that's that's a want to, to me. Another want is a slot receiver, a, mm. a guy who can come in, not, not that they don't have This is why it's a want. I don't think they need it. I think that they have some guys who can do this. But to me, it's a want because you would like a guy with a little bit more consistent experience doing it, right? So, like, I can see why people are drawn to certain names that are out there, especially Jarvis Landry, because he's done it. He's got vast amounts of experience there. But to me, it's not a need because you have some guys who can do it, either who just need the opportunity who are Schwartz or or David Bell getting some inside snaps or guys who have experience doing it like Amari Cooper, right? So, or Jakeem Grant is another name who has experience doing it. So those are the things that to me are one. And I would kind of teeter – I would teeter the third tight end in that group too where you want a better third tight end, but it is not paramount. Like you can – if they are going to down tick in eleven personnel, sorry, not eleven personnel, uh, thirteen personnel the way we think they're going to, then you don't need a third tight end that is somebody that matters. You could get by with a Miller Forestall or something like that uh, if the if the situation calls for it. But you would probably want them to get a better player there, right? Like I would want them to have a better. Definitely better type maybe a Kyle Rudolph who's a free agent or something like that but it's not going to break anything so those are my positions where I think people want a little something more and you could probably throw in another outside receiver like Will Fuller or or uh you know I think I think I just saw tonight Keelan Cole who's a guy that I've thrown out several different times just signed with the Raiders I think so um that's another kind of late free agent name off the board so yeah, just uh, those are to me the ones that are that are pretty big wants and aren't necessarily needs. Did I miss any that are on your list?
1: No. Uh, let me. Can I? I'm going to disagree with one and tell Go you ahead. why. I think that adding and it, to me, Jake, it. I think that wide receiver is a need, and here's why. Um. I don't think it has to be a slot receiver. I don't think it has to be a specific skill set. I just think you need another experienced body in there for this reason. And I think you need it because in my opinion, any injury to Mari Cooper, Donovan Peoples Jones, or David Bell forces Jakeem Grant or Anthony Schwartz into big snaps. And they are so unproven to me that I own, I feel that it could be a need.
0: It could, I could definitely be persuaded on it. The only reason I don't have more of an opinion on it is because I think that it really feels like they've made their mind up. Like okay. they have, if I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Like as Cole gets wiped off the board tonight and some others, like I just kind of feel like they're ready. And I think I've heard some rumblings about how they're just ready to roll with what they have, but that doesn't mean. I don't also think they could really benefit from getting somebody too. So I, I could see that going either way. And I definitely respect your opinion on it. And, and um, if I had it my way, I would probably go out and sign a guy to be, to be honest, I would go out and get a proven player, but that's just one guy's opinion. So, I, you, know. you
1: know, that may be more fear talking than anything, right? <laughs> like, you know, we don't want uh, last year to
0: repeat, right? You know,
1: exactly. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that, that's why I would look at that more of an even And, but i see what you're saying and if they feel that way that's fine uh, you know i just am a little like eh. if somebody gets nicked up you know i don't know how good i feel about schwartz uh having to be the guy that is you know uh out there every time you want to run 11 personnel or whatever right so sure i don't know it's Thoughts? it's
0: definitely it's definitely risky man so yeah i uh i would prefer that they Signed another able-bodied player. That's why I didn't think you needed to go after somebody hugely important, but a, a Cole-type player would have been interesting. There are still some names out there that are interesting. I think Emmanuel Sanders is still out there. So, you know, I'm open to it. But, again, it's like uh, do they want to – do they really want to get these reps for these guys they think are ready in-house? I, I'm, I'm I'm interested in, in what they say. They've They've hinted at the fact that they're – liking what they have. So we'll see whether they stick with it or not, but it's, it's teetering a little more to me on the one side. And I think that fans are right in thinking it's a need, but it seems like they're treating it as a, Hey, we want a player there, but we're not going to force it. And maybe we'll eventually get one if not this year, next year or something along those lines. So, um, but yeah, I want to hear your, your needs. I think these are pretty bluntly obvious, but go ahead.
1: Yeah. So, you know, my need is veteran defensive end. Right. Um, I, you know, I had want down as true nickel, uh, tight end. I didn't have safety down, but I agree. Right. Um, and then, uh, you know, I had my need as wide receiver, a veteran defensive end. And, and then my one that I couldn't decide on was like interior defensive line. And I know that I think you're going to say that's a need, but when I look at that room, and it's not great at all. Right. But it's, it's it teeters deeper than you think. Right. It, like teet-
0: it teeters more than I think people want to admit. I'm right. not confident in it. I'm less confident in this group than I am the wide receivers, but okay, I definitely see where you're coming from. And a lot of people are coming from where it could be more of a want, like they have invested three relatively decent picks in the last three years. Jordan Elliott was a third rounder, I believe. Then Togi and, and Perry on Winfrey are fourth round guys. So you're yeah. really hoping one of those guys can hit where, where, you know, you feel like the most optimism is around the guy who hasn't even lined up in Cleveland yet or around Winfrey. But, yeah. um, you know, I, 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 but there's also uh, other names that are in there too, that can, that can help the situation. So I'm, I'm willing to accept, I guess I'm willing to accept, let me put it this way. I'm <laughs> willing to accept that they might not move anything off defensive tackle. I really think they need to add an able body veteran one technique yes. type, but I can accept that they might not. While a defensive end to me is just like, they've got to really, they got to do one of the two of these. They, they cannot go into this year with this being the defensive line that they have.
2: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
1: Totally agree. I would totally agree that there is a need to add. you got to do one of the two, 100%. And probably, to your point, probably both would, would be ideal. And I can totally listen to the case that veteran defensive end is a need and interior defensive line is a need. I just think that they may potentially view if you get Clowney, they may view the interior defensive line like, hey, we can kick him inside and go Winovich on the, you know, we have options then at that point when I mean, it doesn't necessarily become a need. But I, I totally see your point there.
0: Like, I just think if they got Clowney and Akeem Hicks, I would be ready to admit like I can see a path to this team being a contender, like a real Super Bowl contender. Totally I just think agree. if they were able to get those two guys, you can start to really justify how it can come together. But the defensive line right now, Mike Clay put out his preseason rankings uh, for every position. He's kind of loose, but he does a nice job with this. He does a nice job with projections too. I always do over-unders on before the year. And he has the Browns defensive tackle group is the worst in the NFL. And I cannot disagree with it. I, I have no reason to disagree with it. And I don't even know many, like I don't know the ins and outs of every defensive tackle group in the NFL, but, I cannot imagine there's a worse one out there. I just I I can't imagine. Maybe these guys improve and and uh, and and shut me up. But it's what I've seen. I've got a hard time seeing it come together.
1: Yeah, right now that's hard to argue with. It certainly is. I mean, there's no, there's really nothing proven in that room, right? There's nothing proven in that room.
0: You're 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 banking on a lot of hope, right? You're banking
1: on a lot of hope right now.
0: And if your hope is to like, hey, we'll bump down clowny or alex right and it'll work itself out like that's not that's not gonna work not a great like over plan. 16 17 18 games man that's not that's just no. you need a real one tech man you read you need real players inside and if you continue to ignore it and just hope that you can hit on a late round pick a fourth to seventh or something like that it just it's it's dicey man and you're really leaving your linebackers susceptible to having issues playing the run game and getting hurt potentially
1: and the the question becomes for me, Jake, like, do you want to go this far with Deshaun Watson and the $230 million guaranteed and do everything you've done just to come up short uh, at interior defensive line, right? Or yep. come up short at edge by a couple million dollars on bringing back a guy that you really need? Like, that seems rather silly to me, doesn't it?
0: Sure does. That sure does. So I'm hoping that their patience, when they get some of the Hooper money, kicks in, june one yeah they'll they'll get a little aggressive here but we'll just have to see what their tentative plan is because right now it's not much movement of late
1: yeah and you don't i don't necessarily see i mean there's nothing on the horizon that's gonna force any movement here for a while right unless you see a bunch of guys coming off the board all of a sudden but there's i don't think there's any time frames i mean like guys like clowny i mean he didn't care about you know, he doesn't even want to be there for OTAs or anything. Like, you know, except for the exception of last year, I think he showed up maybe like a couple of days before the season started a couple of years in a row, right, coming off injury and stuff. So, you know, he may be in that mode. I have no idea, right? We don't really know. Um, we just know that, the, you know, the Browns are linked to him and nobody else has been mentioned with him yet. So,
0: Yeah, I don't think any of these veterans are all too – much of a hurry to get in June and July. So camp, there yeah. could be a lot of patience that is required here for sure.
1: Um, any other overarching thoughts on this roster? want And need wise here?
0: No, I think that hammers it out. Those, those positions are the ones to me that I think they really have to address. And I think we kind of hit on what we would like to see them find a safety that would be a little more center fieldish. You You'd like to maybe find a slot, dedicated receiver or you could convince me on an outside dedicated receiver but those feel a little more like wants than dire dire needs um sure. uh, and then and then two like uh you know with the third tight end situation just depending on how important you view that third tight end and it's, if you if you read the breadcrumbs com- it seems like they're not viewing it as this season will be a heavy dose of 13 personnel as last season so play that by ear hmm.
1: Yeah, I would agree that that doesn't seem to be the way it's going. Um, Now, there's been some talk. Last question here, and we'll get out of here, right? We've covered the the, I'm going to bounce back to a thought on Baker real quick that was discussed. You know, there's no way that he ever plays another down in a Browns uniform, right?
0: I can't see it. It would be an unbelievable upset. I mean, like. like an unbelievable upset I, i i just can't see that relationship getting mended i can't see the browns wanting to put that player back on the field given the guys that even after they went after watson they signed two other quarterbacks that have been around franchises like i can't see either side bending on that i really can't so i just think it's soured inside and out and there's things that have been said that you really can't come back from so I think it's a wrap from both sides. And I think if worse comes to worse and he's still around, the Browns would pay him to not be around. Like, I just think that there could be ultimately that outcome that they would just pay him to not be around. And yeah, yeah, that's just kind of where I feel it's at right now. I guess, I guess in a world fantasy world, I mean, I don't like anything can happen, Brad. I don't know, man, anything can happen, but I just have a hard time seeing it.
1: I 100% agree with you. I think there's no, I cannot see it happening ever. And, the, the situation that gets thrown out right where people are like hey maybe this you know for both sides it makes sense to come together is you know watson is out for a year for some absurd reason right like he misses an entire season and i've heard people say listen they brought in jacoby Brissett to to you know sub for six eight games four games whatever it is not an entire season uh and Baker then at that point would have a starting job and a chance to try to you know earn that next contract again as a healthy guy, and, and people throw all those things out there. Isn't that enough to bring them together? And I'm kind of like, no, nah. so I still don't see it. I still can't imagine the Browns running him out there as QB one. <laughs> Regardless yeah. of that, I think they would roll with Brissett. Honestly, I think they
0: would. It's like a lame duck head coach, right? It's like yeah. the same thing people hate about. head coach you know has one it's like when they brought back hugh jackson i think is the perfect example of it where you're like i cannot understand why they're not getting out in front of this firing why are they bringing this guy back he has no he has no chance because he's not good enough all of the above it's soured relationships across the board and they they still so it would be similar to that where it would just get nasty where blame would start to get shifted around to people that aren't all in from the same side right you need you know, we all know that you need everybody all in to keep it team centric and you wouldn't get that. And I'm not here to blame who would do that. I think both sides have shown that they've done a little of that for right or wrong. We don't never know who's, who's truly right or wrong here on some of these topics. People like to act like they know who's right or wrong, but they really don't. So, um, yeah, I just, there's no way there's just, I cannot, I cannot fathom a return there. So yeah, Jacoby Brissett would be the answer for a year and you'd, Go into the next year and try your best. I I, I don't think they have any intention, bro, of, of doing that. Just can't I can't can't see a way in which that comes together.
1: I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, good stuff, Jake. Anything else you want to hit on before we get out of here tonight?
0: No schedule tomorrow. That that if you're listening to this show on what is tomorrow, yeah. you're listening to this on Thursday. Schedule release tonight. We'll have a show up at the OBR on that schedule release. I think we're gonna do a little uh, a little uh, Twitch episode. So that'll Let's be schedule. fun. Some schedule game? Yep. The NFL doesn't hate the Browns if they don't give them as many primetime games <laughs> as you wanted them to. So, you know, I think the Browns kind of hiding in the 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock shows uh, would be pretty beneficial yeah. for a year or two, to be completely honest. But I don't know yeah. how many they'll actually give them. And you will not learn anything from the schedule about the NFL's intentions to suspend or not suspend. So don't uh Agreed. Don't and, try to And I would Agreed.
1: Say- You know, with the few exceptions, Jacob, like last year, I think, was an exception where you saw the quirk in the schedule with the the Baltimore Ravens, where you could—like, I could confidently sit here and say after I saw the schedule, like, that gives the Browns a significant advantage— versus what the Ravens had to do, you know, where they had to play in Pittsburgh while the Browns were on a bye, come back. That gives them a significant advantage to at least split with Baltimore. And anything less than that, will you tell me now, you know, before I know anything about what's going to happen in week 14, 15 would be a disappointment, right? Like yeah. that's 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 a but that's an extreme circumstance. Most of the time without a quirk in the schedule like that or anything weird like that, You're going to look at it, and I don't think you can tell much. Like, people are going to play the schedule day game and say, you know, 12 and, you know, 12 and 5 or whatever, right? Or or 10 and, you know, 7. And and 7 and 10, everybody's going to have an opinion on what their schedule game is. But honestly, our evaluation of these teams means nothing now because you cannot account for injuries, uh, ascensions uh, of players. Uh, all sorts of things will happen in, in every year that we evaluate the schedule. It really means nothing until you get in the week to week of it. Uh, and so I would say just don't, as a, as a fan, don't overreact to anything you, that you see. Like, don't, you know yeah. what I mean?
0: Yeah. I, th- I, th- I think it's the funniest thing in the world to watch people be like, the Browns have the 27th ranked schedule this upcoming year. Like well, there's yeah. so much roster turnover and right. and stuff. And like, there's so much injury luck that goes into this stuff. So, basing your opinion on schedule strength and difficulty and weakness based off of last year is just such a weird phenomenon to me like i'd rather look at quarterback strength like is your team's quarterback better than this team's quarterback this week like that's a large part now you can you can for the most part like you know the falcons are going to stink and you know some do you have an idea of who's going to stink but basing the whole thing off of like a lot of projection of last year's results where you know for example like the last year the Falcons didn't have they had Matt Ryan and it's just they've completely changed not that they've gotten any better per se but you know the Colts are another example of their like quarterback situation could be completely different with a new guy so it's just yeah. i'd rather base it on quarterback and go that direction and try to get a feel for how many quality quarterbacks do you have on the schedule because that's A large part of what it comes down to man and and you're right the injury stuff is what nobody ever wants to talk about Mm -hmm. the injury stuff determines so much more than people think it's it's luck driven last year the bills the 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 and the chiefs had some of the best afc injury luck and look what happened so yeah you know like you just got to have that stuff work in your favor you do that's a huge part of it uh
1: each season is truly its own entity for every team in the nfl so Uh, There's not much carryover as far as that goes, in my opinion. Jake, any final thoughts for us before we get out of here?
0: No, man. I think we knocked it all out, guys. Great episode today. Thanks for joining. Yep.
1: All eyes on Cleveland. Uh, I'm Brad Ward. The OBR Film Breakdown. Go listen to it. Listen to Jake and everybody over at the OBR on Twitch. uh, And uh, listen to Jake on the OBR Film Breakdown uh, daily. Pretty much daily, right, Jake? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's, uh, on the grind always, uh, for, uh, myself, uh, and all eyes on Cleveland for the OBR film breakdown and Jake Burns. We are out.